Welcome back to the Nerds Boston Podcast. <laughs> I don't even remember if that's what I used to say or not. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, back in the old days. And with me today, Mr. Martin Theobald. That's right. Oh, I think I used to say, uh, I'm your host, Andy White, and with me today, but whatever, it doesn't matter. We're here now. And, We're hybriding uh, it. Yeah. So, first order of the day is to basically uh, say hello to everyone. And then go through a few things that... I miss saying hello to people. Like It does. I, I must admit, I'm getting a bit of a nostalgia head rush right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Um, How are you? Yeah. As if we haven't spent the last 45 minutes catching up downstairs. Yeah, that's but, true. So it uh, feels a bit odd, but um, all right. Uh, better than you was earlier playing football. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I didn't even... The stupid thing is, I didn't think I was playing. You know, I said to you the other day, our game's off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was playing. So my group chat for football, um, they were sending through oh, all the North Bucks games have been cancelled for the weekend. And so when I read that, I thought, like, fuck's sake. So whatever. Kind of just assumed our game was off. And then this morning, Sunday morning, texts start coming through from lads. One lad texts through saying, oh, I've got a fever. I'm not going to play. And I was like, ha yeah, great banner. And our keeper, who's always late, texts saying, I'm going to be about 15 minutes late. Like, hey, here we go. And then a couple of like other messages came. Is our game actually on? So I had to go back and read through the messages, and I'd missed one saying, all Veterans League games are still going ahead. And we don't care about you lot. <laughs> yeah, I thought, we're, we're the most susceptible. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to die. Um, yes, I'd missed, I'd missed a message saying, your game is going ahead. Um and yeah, so I have interest. When does vets? Where's the ceiling for vets football? Or is it just like when you're too shit to play anymore? No, there is no no. So who's the oldest person you're like? I've uh, probably played a fifty-something-year-old, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we probably ought to explain why we're doing this, right? I yeah. don't really know why we're doing this. So well, you wanted to do it, so well, I just figured, why not? So. We started doing the other one, our roped off podcast, and we are gonna intersperse like an episode of that into this. So you get it later on. Don't yeah. know where, if we'll put it in the middle or the end or whatever, really. Um but break the fourth wall a little bit. Um I I miss doing this one. I enjoy doing the other one. The yeah. reason for not wanting to do this one anymore is that boxing <laughs> is a poor sport for a lot of the time right now in the UK. Um, and so we wanted to break the mould and go and do something else. And so, so let's sort of rewind on that because when this decision was made, so we, we decided to axe, well, we haven't axed it because we're doing it now, but like as a regular weekly thing, we axed this version of the podcast, didn't we? Yeah. We've got the same screwdrivers. Um, have we? So I've just realised you've got a screwdriver down there. I've got them. 
That is one that I didn't steal from my work. Did you not? I did not. So I have the same screwdrivers as TFL? Eh? No. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we decided to access one, but this was back in what, November? Yeah. And at the time, the landscape was just a bit barren and it was frustrating. It's not really got any better. Let's be clear about it. Like, what what I fancied doing today was a sweep-up session. And maybe we'll do this once a month. On a week-to-week basis. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I suppose. But like, when we look at... Literally, when I look at this very sort of blasé agenda we've put down, if that was what we had every week to look at... We'd be fine. (laughs) It'd be amazing. Looking at that as a one-off, you think, wow. Yeah, and actually go, wait a minute, that's since December. Yeah. Right. That's um Yeah. So, so no, we just fancy doing a bit of a sweep up session and we'll put an episode of the other one. So ignore the fact that our voices are very similar to some of the characters. <laughs> even the Welsh people. Right, so I know and also Oh s- I tell you boil. <laughs> you shouldn't have said he was Welsh, see? That's <laughs> that's where we've gone wrong. Um yeah, so, and then we done, We decided to give Roped Off a go. We didn't know what it was going to be called. We didn't know where to go with it. But we, both of us, absolutely love doing that. Yeah, and, and there are some people out there that don't like it. And fair play, it's a leap from what we do now to yeah. doing that. If you don't like it, cool. Absolutely no problem at all. Yeah. I mean... Respect like, that. I, I don't mind. And you're, you, you know, speech is still... Largely free, depending on where you are in the world. Don't feel the need to keep telling me every week that you don't like it. I mean, I really don't. I don't. I yeah, don't log it once. I don't need that update. Yeah, <laughs> I do get that quite a lot for quite a few people. And looking at the listening figures, I can see that as well. But genuinely, like Andy and I, stuff like listening figures, we don't get paid for doing this. It's not like we get a hundred pound per hundred listeners. Not to be too crude about it, I don't give a fuck how many people listen. And so thank you for listening. However, like, it would be awesome if we had 50,000 listeners, but we started doing this with 10 per week. Yeah, I, th- I think to, if I, to nail down what, if I was going to re- rephrase what you just said, it was the case. Nah, that don't bother. If you don't I've listen. I've offended enough people. <laughs> yeah. If you don't listen, we don't mind. That's, you know. We just really love it. I'd rather you listening to something that we enjoy doing that you enjoyed listening to. We didn't enjoy doing this before when we were running out of boxing content. Yeah. I admire anyone that can keep up that energy for that long when it's that barren. Um, and there are good people out there doing it. Boxing po- uh, boxing Asylum guys. Terry. Sam O'Reilly's come back doing a few. Plenty of people out there still doing boxing content. Brilliant. Good on them. Shout out to Terry, our... Yeah, a former former colleague. <laughs> I don't know if this is the right term. Yeah, um, um, you know these people are still doing quality stuff. I I love his podcast, Terry's. I'll I'll just tune into that. Yeah, um, and the fact that he churns them out so frequently with such content, it's like right. Well, and on we, his own, we That's can't. Hard. We, yeah, we can't even do it a week. The man's been self isolating for about six months now, just <laughs> recording podcasts. Um. So yeah, we love doing roped off. We hope you can get on board with it. I know it's a bit of a leap. We both know it's a bit of a leap um, for the imagination as much as the genre difference. But if you will... enjoy it, brilliant. If you yeah. don't, cool. Yeah. Um, it's so... a different way for us to tell some stories in boxing without us getting sued as well. Yeah. That's the if main you thing, listen 
carefully to some of the stuff that goes on in there. I sound like a school teacher. If you listen carefully, there are things in there that I put in there that I've been advised not to put in there by certain people. But because I'm a bit of a dick, I don't care. (laughs) So there you go. But So a lot of what happens to Johnny is what we see a lot happen to a lot of boxers coming up through their careers. A lot of what we see Rick doing is a lot of what you see in the boxing world. Smarmy managers that are stealing money off people that they're not entitled to. There's loads of them in boxing. <laughs> There's loads of them in boxing. Um, you, and you will continue to see the way that... Well, I won't want to spoil anything for you. Frankly, I don't even know enough content to spoil it. But <laughs> no, run out of, uh, I've not written enough. But... We have uh, knowing what we know going, what we will know going forward. Um, I'll, it's Johnny's Johnny's journey is not accidental. It is it is purposefully driven to um, shed light on the murkier workings of the of the boxing world. Yeah, I mean, I'm regretting saying that it's like a five year plan because I haven't got five years worth of writing in me. So. Don't worry about it. Nah, we've, we've, people forget that, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Especially we'll just, if you don't mention it. We'll just change the numbers every time. That four-year plan we've got. That one-year plan we've got. Now, oh, there's, there's only two more episodes for that one-year plan. That six-month nice plan we make. Uh, anyway, so let's... Enough said. That's our intro done. Nine minutes worth of intro. Let's um, talk about some of the things we do have to talk about. And the most logical thing seems to be... Um, well, there's two massive things that have happened this year uh, in boxing and the world. We've got Fury Wilder... And oh, we've not recorded in six months. Straight um, in with fury. And, <gasps> and we've got coronavirus. But chronologically, it is Fury Wilder. So let's talk about that first. You want to jizz yourself early doors, do you? No, I'm not, I'm not going to. But it was brilliant. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> have you watched it back? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, actually. I have as well. Yeah. Have you watched it from the changing room walk of Tyson Fury? No, no. Do it. Do it. It's amazing. Like... You know when they're making... And there's two different versions. Because the one I watched on the night had the sound of Fury and his team walking from the changing room. Whereas I watched another one back that had the ring walk music over the top of um, those lots. So you couldn't hear what... And they were doing that usual, we are Spartans. (laughs) We are Sparta. Um, But yeah, I watched it back from that and... It's brilliant, isn't it? Like, I've watched it back with those ring walks as well. Because I thought they were fascinating. Like, on the night, fascinating. Um, And people's takes on them. Some of the fucking stupid takes of people online that are like, Tyson looks so nervous when he's coming in. And when you go back and revisit that against the performance in the ring, you're like, (laughs) It's weird because I, I can't imagine Tyson Fury being nervous. Even if he was scheduled to fight an elephant, I still think he'd back himself. Even if he was destined to get trampled, it's still. I don't think nervousness would ever come into it. Have you watched the Fury documentary yet? I don't think I've watched all of them, but I've watched... There's three. Yeah, I think I've watched two of them. Okay. I, still need to watch I don't know the which one, one is in, but Paris Fury says... I think it is the third one, maybe. But she doesn't understand how he's so calm and collected sat around in the changing room before he's going out for a fight. So she doesn't get it. As he's saying, I've done this since I was a child. I've done this hundreds of times. Yeah. There's nothing for me to be nervous about because I know what I'm doing. Well, couple that with his cast iron faith and his 
100% belief that this is his destiny. And then... Bred by his dad, you suspect. Yeah, yeah. And all of that... <laughs> I'm saying that, I saw a, a, a video of his dad. He's like, come on, son, well done. That's what came out of these balls. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. John Fury is an absolute lunatic, yet possibly one of my favourite people in the world right <laughs> it's now. It's mad, isn't he? Someone created a no-context John Fury account. <laughs> it's amazing. He's one of my favourite people, like favourite characters. Watch political bastards. <laughs> You see, he drives around in like that that camper van. Yeah. Still, he runs it apparently on on chip fat oil. That sounds about right. Yeah, never heard of such a thing, but oh, no. yeah, nah, Big John, shout Brilliant. out. But yeah, those ring walks, the heavy armor, <laughs> uh, uh, Wilder's breakdown since. Yeah, I mean that your king video that was painful. That really was painful. Like. I don't know. I, I, you know when they say we learn more, like football teams will say, uh, yeah, Glenn, I have reference football again. Um, uh, <laughs> when football teams say we learn more about defeats, and boxers do, to be fair too, learn more in a defeat than we do in a victory and all that sort of stuff. You'd have thought that he'd have learned perhaps to just wind it back. No. Just a few inches. No, I disagree. Like doubling down. It just feels so... No, because... Wilder's whole um like persona or no his whole fear factor his whole uh, okay. um being of a boxer is not based around um tactical skill nouse IQ it's based around being a really hard puncher <laughs> yes, and true, yeah. if he had to wind it back and like wind himself in a little bit and accept that it didn't go right that night, then that's almost to say my one-punch knockout power wasn't there. And then you have to start doubting whether it's there next time, whether it's there next time. I can understand from a mental perspective why he's so resolute of, nah, I'm still your king, I'm still this, I'm still that. Because if he starts to self-doubt whether that knockout power is always accessible to him, irrespective of what's going on in the fight, then he's not the fighter he was. Well, then how does he possibly process the information from that night, then? What Does he just not think about it? Well, did he process anything from the first fight? <laughs> did he change and adapt anything from the first fight? Oh, do you know, you know when he, he knocks Fury down in the 12th round, and he starts doing that, and then yeah. keep blowing kisses to the crowd? I feel like he did that, the, that constantly until the next fight. <laughs> He's just been walking around Vegas yeah. going, ooh. <laughs> yeah, backwards into the changing rooms, like that. Gionte, you ready to get And he's still, still in his kit. I like, just, just stick, stick, see that costume on me. Fuck it, this is heavy costume. No, it's fine. Just stick it on. I'm ready. And then, you know, climb. And then he gets into the ring. He does that weird sort of like fate thing. Fucking, I don't know. Are we overlooking the LED lights inside the helmet? amazing oh yeah like there's so much of that there's just madness now you look back at it now you know the outcome now you know the excuses you look back at it and go did that really happen <laughs> like did he actually someone was someone was saying like you don't don't get one of those costumes from the shop you have to go to get them fitted which means they would have done it quite a few times <laughs> and he would have worn it and gone fucking hell this is heavy <laughs> yeah it's i mean that was obviously a load of nonsense and but it just felt so that's what I, I I struggle with. Is it so that f- for him then going on what you've just said there? Is it is that just an easy option to blame that 
And so therefore he can go, oh, that's the reason. I mean, the one thing he can't do is blame the fact that he couldn't unload that right hand. That's the one thing he can't do. Because if he does that, then he's forever stuck in his head knowing that his right hand couldn't land that night. Now, if you want to come up with every reason why that right hand couldn't land that night, then that will give him some solitude when he tries to sleep at night. If that's because the armour was too heavy. If it's because, I don't know, the ring walk was eight metres longer than what they thought it would be and therefore it took him... Whatever those reasons might be, Mark Brellen throwing in the towel, whatever it is, he needs to stick by that in his head. Because the moment there's an element of self-doubt that says everyone else might be you know, better behind the jab, better mover, better boxing IQ, better ring IQ, but I've got the knockout power with that right hand. Yeah. The moment he starts going, that right hand doesn't work, <laughs> then he's absolutely screwed. It's all right, I'll just brush up on my boxing IQ. Yeah, I'm only 34. <laughs> Time to learn. So you don't think that at any stage he's he, he can allow himself to go, okay, because pre- presumably... If he actually studied it and went, right, I wasn't able to get my right hand off because of this, he might then find a way to negate the this and then be able to offload his right hand. But it doesn't. But what's this? This is that Tyson Fury was fitter this time round than the first fight, is bigger, is probably stronger, is more skilled, more adaptable, all those things. It's not to take anything away from Deontay Wilder because we know what he is. And he's not a bum because he lost his fight. He's not a terrible boxer because he lost his fight. He's everything that he was before the fight, but he came up against a man who was better than he was that night. And you suspect when they go for a third time, we'll be better than he is. He's still probably the second, maybe the third best heavyweight on the planet. But Tyson Fury is the number one. Yeah. Uh, On that, just something I heard... uh... (laughs) Tony Bell, you saying? Here we go. He reckons that Fury is now peaked, and that unless Joshua fights <sighs> Fury soon, Joshua's still coming up, and then Joshua might be able to take Fury on the way down because Joshua's still improving. Do you, do you think there's any reasoning behind that? Like any? Yeah, because one of them's a matchroom fighter, <laughs> <laughs> one of them isn't. Um, That's why one of them is Bellew's mate, and one of them isn't. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, it sounded like bullshit to me, but um, I just wanted to see if there was, you thought there was any legitimacy in that. I think any doubts that have been placed over Tyson Fury throughout his career have always been wiped out. Now, I had doubts, and um, a friend of ours, David McGinley, I was discussing with him about um, after the Otto Wilding fight and the big cut that opened yeah. over Fury's eye. Um, there were doubts after that. A, in the performance against Wallin because it wasn't very good and he was a bit flat-footed and, you know, he got caught by that legitimate punch that opened up the legitimate cut. Then you've got the cut. Is that cut going to be fully healed or is this a cash-out fight? I think people could arguably have said both things. The cut probably isn't healed. It's a cash-out fight. He's on the decline when you base it on that Wallin fight. None of that came to be true. None of it. He was better than he's ever been. That cut never you know, never looked to open up. Instead, he was licking the blood off his opponent rather than having to worry about stitching up his own. All these doubts that get raised about him, at some point, he has to be on the decline. At some point, he will be. But nothing shows us from that Wilder fight that he is. Where's Bell you come from with that view? Where? I don't, yeah. Liverpool, that's... 
Um, he just pulled it out of the sky, hasn't he? Pulled it out of the arse. And it was on Soccer AM as well. So, what was he doing on there? I thought you were disappearing. I thought he was going to go and retire. Anthony Bellew. I thought you were going to go and like wife and kids it. That's one thing I really don't understand about boxers and especially Fury is guilty of this. Like, I told you I was going to do this. You, you know, you didn't believe in me and stuff like this. Like, Okay, if I look at your last two fights, they're both terrible, right? So, based on the evidence I have, and bearing in mind, I didn't know anything about his training beforehand. He, was, he wasn't showing any spine or anything like that, was he, before this... Uh, this uh, like, very little. Yeah, so it was all, like, kind of behind closed Under doors. Wraps. Yeah. Um, and the way that he goes, almost, I told you I was going to do this, I told you this... Almost like this entitlement that I'm supposed to just believe in him. Like, you're not a god. Like, I don't have to just blindly have faith in you to be, to be what? A legitimate fan. Like, the way that he, the way that he and other boxers talk about yeah. it is, you don't believe in me just from what I say. Well, I'm sorry, but just based on a broader scope of boxing, I also, like many people, believe that David Hay was going to beat Tony Bellew because he was a bit... It was Best oh, camp ever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Bigger, fitter, stronger. Yeah. And he said, oh, my Achilles went, but I was still going for it. The second fight will be, all be different. It'll all be different. And he turns up and he looks like, you know, some child has hired a David Hay costume. No, nah, it looked like night. a puppet, but someone had cut half the strings on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, and so when you have those experiences in boxing, you think, well, I'm not going to listen to every single thing that comes out of your mouth in promotion for a fight. Yeah, but also turn it on his head. Wilder told us he was going to stop Fury. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. So what, are we now not allowed to believe anything Wilder ever says, but we have to believe everything that Fury says? Also said he gave his fucking money to the homeless from the first fight. Mm. <laughs> there's, a, there's just like one really, really rich guy that used to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Tyson, you probably could have done a lot more with that money. He's like, nope, I told you what I was going to do. Bang. Just some guy driving in 20s. in Ferraris. <laughs> um, yeah, so build I, a house out of all those twenty pound notes. I, not homeless <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I find it. I find that attitude really difficult to deal with when he's like, "I told you what I was going to do." Yeah, I know, but I could tell you what I'm going to do because one day he'll probably lose, right? And he'll—that's just being realistic. I'm not saying it's going to be against Wilder or Joshua. Might be, might be against Dubois or Joyce or Hergovic down the line. Might be one of those. He might never lose, but assume he does. It's not like he's going to have gone into that fight going, I'm going to lose this. Yeah, I don't know if I'm about to pull this one off, to be honest, lads. No. So, yeah. This is a massive ask, and I'm not up to it. <laughs> and then when he gets knocked out, say, I see, I told you. And then when he does get knocked out, on you know, I, I, you know whatever, whatever happens, right? We're still assuming that he's going to lose. When that does happen, he doesn't want to come out and go, look, I know in the past I've bollocked you for not believing in me, but those people that didn't believe me this time, well done. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're the one person that believed in me all the way through, but not this fight, then fair play. So it's just that attitude, general attitude. It's like, that was amazing ringmanship, the way that he just nullified Wilder completely. Wasn't it incredible? Like, I, Watching it through, I think... Uh, watching Ben Davison go for it as well and talking through how when he puts his left arm up to to occupy yeah. Wilder's right hand, just like breaking it down to the minutiae of that in that level, it blows my mind. I think, 
you know, there's lots of people that say, oh yeah, if, you know, if you if you concentrate on something, you you could you could be anything. You could be a boxer. If I don't think in any lifetime I could be a boxer with that with that finer point, that skill level. It's just eye-wateringly detailed. I can't think of a fight I've been so gripped in from the very first bell. And I say from the very first bell because Tyson rang to the centre of that ring on the very first bell. <laughs> and immediately, I sat at like four o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, hold up. Is he at, like, he's going out to be aggressive from the very first bell. Walk straight into that mid, yeah. not, not walk, run into the middle of the ring. Set your stall out from that that second. What, Fascinating. What, really struck me was the way that Wilder was like Wilder almost personified fight night from about 20 years ago when <laughs> your fighter would gradually get worn down and each round you'd see him like oh and slow down by round 6 you could visibly see that he was he was just broken and every time he went down those two circles you're trying to map up in the middle it was getting harder <laughs> and harder to bring them together if he'd have gone down one more time they'd have been acres apart <laughs> it was so it, he, when you watch it back, where they've obviously edited out all the all the corner work, you it's, you see it almost in fast forward how quickly he deteriorates. It was it was fascinating. So it happens when you wear a heavy suit. And it, <laughs> the thing is, he was given up. Like what was it? Well, Tyson wasn't clearly wasn't as heavy as the weigh-in was. He was wearing like fucking I don't know, carrying a pint of milk in his pants. Yeah, exactly. You but. Could- he was surrendering about two stone by the looks of yeah. things, wasn't he? That's a fucking lot of weight to surrender in a fight, isn't it? It is. Versus a guy that, I mean, in there, that's basically he looked like a bear by comparison. In any other weight divisions, that's three to four weight divisions. <laughs> Depending on how low or how high you go, because they, they vary as you go yeah. through them. But, you know, that's like a a middleweight fighting a cruiserweight almost. And normally, you'd therefore expect the guy that's that big to be mega, mega slow. Yeah. And like, but it's, yeah. I, I don't see what happens if there is a Wilder um, Fury fight anytime soon, like given our next part on the, uh, oh, actually, before we do that, before we go on to, if, well, to finish that thought, if uh, there is a Wilder Fury 3, I don't see what Wilder can do differently. I just no, can't. agree. We can talk about that later. Right. So I've got this app on my phone. It pings up something earlier. It was a new, It's a news app that gives me news content from all around the world. And I forget what the headline was now because once I'd read it a couple of times, it didn't really make a great deal of sense because I think it had been translated. It was from Russia and it was some translated fury thing about something to do with drugs. And I was like, well, oh, that just sounds like a load of Russian spam. So I swiped across. When you came over tonight, you mentioned that a case had been opened, reopened. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I dismissed it uh, prematurely, which I obviously have. But that's all I know right now. So what what is there to pad out? So, right, this relates back to the UCAD case where he had the um, Nandrolone in his system. This is the well, that he blamed on eating uncastrated boar meat. Yes. Right. Wild boar. Now, this story is about the farmer that provided the wild boar to them. So, at the time, apparently, what happened was um, Fury and Co. to back up their story, to take you know the story all the way through the stages, had said this is 
a farmer who provides us with the the boar. And the farmer kind of went along and went, yep, no, I did. I provided them with the boar. Job done. So they can back up their story that, yes, somebody else, like not an alibi, but uh, an evidence. Case dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) That's how easy it is. And now this bloke has come out. This came, this broke yesterday on Saturday. Saying, I never did. Saying, I was paid 25 grand to say that I provided them with castrated, uncastrated boar. I never did it. Wow. And was I was you... never paid the 25 grand either. Ah. Uh, yeah. Why would they be so stupid to not do that? So, whether this guy's telling the truth... For what it's worth, I'm a little bit sceptical because why Why did you come out when Fury's at the peak of his fame right now? Um, the peak of when the value of this story is probably at the most it's ever going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so to come out now and say it seems at best cynical. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you... You'd have to be colossally stupid in that scenario to, if you were going to, if you were trying to cover something up like that, to not then pay the guy that you're asking to help you cover it up. Yeah. But look, I mean, presumably, either the Furies have paid him or they haven't. Well, frankly, he could probably get that money again by saying the story. At least, if not more. But look, show me the receipts. Show me the receipts where you paid this farmer however many pounds you paid him for uncastrated wild boar i don't know what the going rate for that is oddly enough but you know surely you've paid him so just publish the receipts and this whole story goes away right right <laughs> right <laughs> or did you not pay him was there no wild boar who knows but i i do find it hard to get on board with a guy that's had what four years now must be because it was the last euros wasn't it was it the Euros or the... What, what are we talking about since like, the case? Yeah. Well, he served two years after that. Yeah, so it must he? have been the last Euros when Tyson was over in France buying all the Jager bomb shots with the England Yeah, fans. because then since then, he's had he's been, he's been back in the ring for about... It must be about two years. Yeah, so it must be like four years ago, this case, and now you've come out. I'm not sold on it. Um, you know, <laughs> have you really been chasing down that 25 grand over the time and nobody's getting back to you? Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm but, not. Okay. I'm not sold. I was never sold on the whole uncastrated boar story. Let's be clear about it. I'm not saying he's lying. That that's the reason they failed the test for legal purposes. I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not sold on the whole story. Um, I'm not sold on any of these fucking stories. Yeah. All these people that are popping and. <sighs> ultimately drive UCAD into the ground via legal teams, via whatever method. Have you fed your dog today? Uh, yes. Why? Have you? Okay, cool. Just don't get drug tested anytime soon. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever legal method you're using... I licked to my get fingers out- afterwards. Shit! Oh, no. Oh, no, you'll probably fail a drug test. Twice. Because you can get that just from... just. I think you can actually get it from looking at dogs. As looking well. at dogs, yeah, no, that'll do you. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, so many people are at it. I'm sure. I just, I'm not really. I don't do want know, to hang fury on this farmer's statement. Do you know? What? There was um, this is a slight tangent, but uh, there was 
a guy, when I was in the army, there was a guy that said that he'd had a sergeant major back in whatever it was, the 80s. And it was like, this guy had a big book. And he was like, when someone would get in trouble, stand him in front of the desk and he'd be like, right, if you've got an excuse that's not in my book, which was tallied with all the excuses you've ever heard, because like, I'll let you get away with it. You've got one shot. Awesome. <laughs> and that's what it feels like sometimes with these fucking, these drug tests. It's like, uh, uncastrated ball, mate. Are you going for uncastrated ball, mate? Yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. Lock that in. Okay. Let's have a look in the book. <laughs> you could do it. That could be another show. Like, um, f- f- um, feeding my dogs. <laughs> Well, we haven't heard that one before, folks. Feeding your fucking dogs. <laughs> so, what you know? What's next? And it all sounds so ridiculous. Um, but I mean, we have broached this subject time and again on previous podcasts. Full show. Um, anyway, right. Um, How much we recorded? We have now done thirty-two minutes, so about twenty-five minutes ish of actual content before we t- we would do oh yeah the first 10 minutes was tragic wasn't it um so i guess the next logical step then is coronavirus and its implications on joshua pulev usik chizora white pavetkin joyce dubois well for a start i mean look at it holistically is impact upon boxing worldwide yeah. yeah, nobody's going to be getting out to fight soon. Uh, obviously, the government guidance in this country has been fairly lackadaisical to some extent, yeah. with reason, depending you know what you want to believe. But you know, next weekend there's meant to be a good win show that I'm down at York Hall, seeing Linus defend his English title. Um, I can't see it's going to go ahead. I'd be massively surprised if they allow 1,000 people into a venue, 1,200 people into a venue by next weekend. I you feel like this week there's going to be some movement, don't you? Well, uh, it, it I, feels like every day the, there's going to be some movement. In the government, movement. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the you guidance know. will change as we progress. Um, so I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked. And it's not just about putting 1,200 people into a building. It's the fact that in doing that, you have to have two doctors on hand. You need to have an ambulance on hand. One of those doctors needs to be an anaesthetist. They're probably needed elsewhere. They're probably (laughs) better uses for those individuals. If you said there were 10 small hall boxing shows going on around the country, that's 20 doctors. That's 10 ambulances not available for better uses in this current climate. Um, So, yeah, of course. I mean... We'd all love to see boxing go ahead, but I think there's a bigger issue, a bigger picture that kind of needs to be considered. Um, and I hope... Yeah, I hope, um, you know, boxing fans will recognise that as much as we'd love to see it go ahead, um, because there's an absolute dearth of sport at the moment as well, with the football being, you know, wiped out and the Six Nations and any other seemingly competitive... Um, sports that would also accept that boxing as much as we love it also takes away some of the the vital resources of the country um, that can be placed elsewhere and hopefully will be placed elsewhere I'd love to go to York Hall next weekend I'd love to go and watch the boxing but I think we need to accept it's going to be on hold like everyone feels like they're on hold at the moment Um, but yeah I mean that's going to be worldwide isn't it is 
Italy, you know, they were one of the first ones. They had the zone show that got cancelled over there. Um, yeah, you look over in Vegas and the impact upon... They've been talking about announcing Billy Joe Saunders versus Canelo for however long. And now that's kind of, you know, whatever goes on with the Nevada State Athletic Commission, they're probably going to ban all combat sports indefinitely. Um, and these things will be changing as we progress. But it's very um, sad times. And I'd like to think that hopefully people will accept that that these kind of changes need to be made um it also feels a little bit to me the likes of this billy joe saunders versus canelo fight that i mean fuck me it was meant to be happening in may we got to the beginning of march and there was still no announcement about it the pure um hubri hubri around people will make money anyway basically is what it comes down to is Canelo has got his pick of Billy Joe Saunders um Murata apparently over in Japan Callum Smith you would think the boxing would have learned its lesson in Anthony Joshua losing to Andy Ruiz and the money that was potentially lost in that in that loss um in Wilder losing to Fury if Wilder and Joshua carried on at their same trajectory and met undefeated, how much money would that have been worth? It's a well good saying like Joshua versus Ruiz, the rematch, made decent money. So that same hubris that's now applied to the likes of Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders, how long have they been stringing out the negotiations? How long has it been strung out with potentially Callum Smith? It just kind of feels, again, boxing doesn't learn its lessons about strike while the iron's hot with some of these fights as it happened they'd never been able to to go ahead in may anyway but you know the the kind of false build-up and false anticipation of it all and coronavirus has come and fucked them all over so to an extent it's quite amusing really um obviously not amusing people die but it's amusing in a sense of boxing still doesn't learn its lessons that just get on with things rather than dragging them out Actually, funny enough, because just to let people in, Martin's been doing that very well. That was an entire monologue. That felt like I was on, um, what's that program where you have to talk for like a minute without repeating yourself or ums and ahs? <laughs> you, you did well. Um, whilst I was going to sort out a TV problem for my girlfriend. but um, Chuck some water, please, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you're going to get it. It just made me think, actually, because... We were sort of like, thank you. Oh my goodness, we might have, we might have Fury because there was talk Fury Wilder three. Then we might we might be able to get Fury Joshua end of the year, and then it's like Canelo versus um, yeah Billy Joe Saunders, and this comes in and it's exactly what you just said. Then just get on with it because you never know it's from the corner. Now I appreciate they can't treat every single fight like well we best do it now because otherwise. Um, there might be a worldwide pandemic that, <laughs> that could then yeah. screw us over. But when you add conversations like, what was it, last year? You had, um, funnily enough, Frank Warren made reference to it. Frank Warren and Barry Hearn on Sport Week. And Barry Hearn said uh, that he doesn't see, I don't see uh, Joshua and Fury. There's need for it being made for another four years, I think he said at the time. And you're like... Fucking get a grip. It needs to, and he used that term. He needs to marinate. Oh my god, that old man is a slap in the head. He's such like such an idiotic statement. It doesn't need to marinate at all. What he needs is like Fury Wilder was was a perfect example 
of if you're getting these two superstar boxers to face off against each other, people will buy into it. I don't need to see him fight fucking Billy Bobson and, you know, Ronnie Robson and fucking Otto Valin. I do not need to see Otto Valin to maintain my interest in Fury. What I want to see is Fury Wilder, Fury Wilder 2, Fury Wilder 3. I accept they can't... They haven't got seven years left in each of them fighting the very best in the division for the next seven years. Yeah. So you do need something to fill a couple of gaps. I don't need Otto Wallen. Yeah. Um, except, you know, Joshua's now got this awkward situation of all these mandatories coming up. What's going to happen with that? Go back to Dillian White. He's, however long, been sat in the mandatory position for the WBC. Then they pushed him back after that whole drug issue. Bloody dogs. And now you're looking at, what, February 2021 was the next date that he was going to be in line for a uh, a mandatory shot. Yeah. Now what? Because boxing's pretty much on hold indefinitely, mm. as is all sport, indefinitely. Now, where does that sit? How does that impact upon all these mandatories that are going to come up? All but the fights. You've got to assume, because at the moment... Today, uh, on that IFL interview we both watched with Eddie Hearn, he was kind of taking his cue from the Premier League, it seemed to me, that they, they were going to come, they were planned to come back on the 3rd of April, but it was like, so if that goes ahead, blah, 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 blah. But to me, that seems short-sighted. The, the cases are already climbing. China's cases, I think they've seen a decline in the Wuhan province. And that, well, that's only just happened, and that's been going for about, Three months. Boxing's got some fucking scumbags in it, right? Oh, here we go. <laughs> you can see him. You can see his mind ticking over. That every was... <laughs> every other sport to a level, not every other, most other sports, are looking at protecting the participants and the individuals and the supporters. Boxing is like, nah, let's crack on. Let's, let's launch some more pay-per-views for a few months' time. And you can guarantee they will do everything within... Because for football, football's got sponsorship. Football's got big TV deals that you suspect there are um, legal uh, fullbacks that they can still get that money through the door. Let's just be honest. No no broadcaster is not... is going to get on the bad side of the... Wrong side exactly. of the Premier League as well. Exactly. Like... Sky and BT and Amazon, they're all going to want to be sweet with the Premier League for when it restarts. Boxing, no one really gives a fuck about it. Not really. Like, <laughs> Not to the same level. No, because what's the standard output for BT? This year, nothing. Aside from Umar Sadiq beating Cody Davis, which was a fucking highlight of the year. Um, aside from that, their output is zero. Dubois Joyce coming up. Maybe not coming up. They finally put on a good card and it might get wiped out. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> Don't waste it fucking long next time. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Sky, what have they been putting out? Absolute trash fight Dross. nights. Absolute trash. That Carol Quigg card, trash. Every other final card, they've got Ritz and Vasquez coming up. Trash. Everything is trash. Does Sky give a fuck if boxing's there at the end of it? Nah, not really. They'll still have those pay-per-view opportunities where they can cash in on the sport. They don't really care about the rest of it. It's clear. It's absolutely abundantly clear. And so, the people within boxing 
don't get paid without putting the shows on. The people within football do. Now, it's going to cause hardship, potentially, for not the richest clubs, but, you know, look at a Luton Town, for instance. The gate receipts they're going to suffer, yeah, yeah. aren't they? Like, they're going to suffer with that, but there's still a base-level income that goes into a football club that you hope will cover, along with some of the reserves of money that they've hopefully built up over time, hopefully cover them through this period. Boxing doesn't have that. There's no base level income within boxing. You've either got a show or you haven't. There's no money coming in on the regular. And so you'll get the scumbags who will try and put shows on against all odds, against all advice. That's why you're seeing, you know, <laughs> Yusik Chisora being announced as a live press conference on the same day that the government are giving out advice of like... <laughs> Well, you know, we're not saying you should get together in large numbers, but we're trying to put... They're trying to put something on at the O2 for, what, eight weeks' time? Eight weeks' time. Every projection of where we're at with this coronavirus stuff says that we're at the start. Eight weeks' time, it's going to look a very different scenario. It's not necessarily going to be Italy levels, but it's going to be something bigger than what it is now. Now, in boxing, stopped sport. (laughs) And in boxing, they're like, crack on. Let's have some more pay-per-views on that basis. There's nothing else to be on, so we might as well... uh... (laughs) Because there is no base level income. There's nothing coming in if you haven't got a show on. And so you'll get people, you know, risking the well-being. But they're not going to put shows on behind closed doors. When this started, Hearn laughed off the idea of doing things behind closed doors. This is only a week and a half, two weeks ago, when I think all of us are probably guilty of going, ah, there's nothing. This isn't like my life's going to carry on as it was, as it is. And now we've all kind of gone, well, they cancelled the Premier League. (laughs) no Premier League games. You're having a laugh. Mrs. Uncle, Brown's boys Uncle, instead of match of the day. Uncle Harold's in hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Premier League's cancelled. Yeah. At that <laughs> point, we all suddenly... Serious. Yeah, we're not happy about that. Sport is, like, wiped out. Then we all go, this is a little bit more serious. Because it was two weeks ago, Hearn was like, you can't do a show behind closed doors. And I fully agreed with what he said. Is that... Can you imagine, you know, fighter A knocks out fighter B that moment of elation that they get that moment of connection with the crowd the crowd are integral to the sport he said can you imagine me and Adam Smith and Frank Smith being the only three people sat ringside while this fight occurs and it doesn't create a very good spectacle atmosphere it doesn't but like I don't know what they want like in that respect you had footballers having to play behind closed doors and they all had to be I'm sure as a footballer you feed off the crowd but they all had to be professional enough to go out and give a performance you know boxers going out there I'm sure it's better when you've got a load of people cheering you on I'm sure it is but you and I both know you more so than me that there will be boxers that do box in virtually empty arenas because sparring is in empty arenas is in a gym what are you going to do? You're going to put on Joshua Pulev in a gym because I'd love to see it in a Spurs stadium with no one there. <laughs> they have to go through all the like rigmarole of you know getting the big screens up over the ring, <laughs> big like ring some, walks. There's, there's some sort of <laughs> legal obligation that they have to go through the same. <laughs> like, do I have to lift my hands up? To, you have to pretend there's a crowd there. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, David Diamante, like. Announcing it twice in case no one hears him. Oh, no one heard you, Dave. There's no one there. Um, 
but yeah so it's i i part of me thinks if you're going to be if you're going to be that sort of person that goes well you know we've got to, the show must go on it's this ridiculous mentality of the show must go on unless the government tell us not to do it we're going to carry on well we can't do it behind closed doors no wait a minute if you're going to stick to that mentality, if the government say to you, well, you can do it, you just have to do it behind closed doors. I struggle with people going, oh, but I like it when the crowd are there. Yeah, I'm sure you fucking do. Just be a professional and get on with it. If it's if it's going to be... Because presumably they're doing it by putting on these pay-per-view events. They're doing them to try and get a bit of a boost because there's nothing else to watch. So people are being like, ah, well, I'll get this pay-per-view because there's nothing else. So you're going to... In terms of a business model, it might work. Well, then don't start moaning about the fact you haven't got a crowd because the very the very reason you're benefiting from it is because there is no crowd there. Yeah. Uh, and it takes some bollocks for me. It takes some bollocks to go out and actually sell tickets to these right now. I think... Yeah. Because as much as Matchroom say you will 100% get a refund if this event doesn't go ahead, if you bought a ticket for it and it doesn't go ahead, you will get your money back. 20 quid says you won't get your booking fee back off StubHub. Because <laughs> the, the show's already sold out, by the way. <laughs> I bet you StubHub will not be refunding booking fees. Ah, it's, it's painful, isn't it? On a slight side note, I wonder how much pandemic insurance will go around sporting facilities. Yeah. Now, you could probably set up a billion-dollar industry overnight by selling that sort it. of insurance. Um. um Right, we have the specific fights we have down here. Joshua Pulev, Usyk Chizor. Do you do you feel like you need to talk about those specifically, or mm, we'll glaze over them? Joshua Pulev, I've no issue with it. It's the mandatory that's been called. Pulev's only ever lost to Klitschko. What I don't, what seems to be overlooked, is that when Joshua fought Takam, that was when he was meant to fight Pulev last time. And then Pulev just pulled out with like two weeks to go and Takam happened to be ready for it, which implies that someone knew Pulev was going to pull out. So I can't really get enthused about this. Oh, because what, he might do the same thing again or? Yeah, they never really explained like the injury behind Pulev or why that never went ahead. So I'm just, I'm wary of it. And that's beside the whole wary of will any sporting event go ahead. I'm wary of will Pulev be there? If he is, has he? What? Do you, how do you see that fight going? Is it a relatively straightforward one for Joshua, or do you think Pulev's still got enough to cause him problems? Mm, no, not really. Because he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? How old is he? Yeah. What Pulev? Yeah. Mid thirties. Oh, okay. I thought he was like closer to forty. Yeah, he might be. I, I don't really know. What's he done? He's beaten Chisor. Are you implying that he takes drugs? What? Why would you get Why that? Why have you put needles in your what? arm? No, I didn't say that. That was just recreational Which for me. Joshua or Pulev? <laughs> I wasn't talking about either of them doing anything. I wonder what they Feed have for dinner. Your dog. <laughs> Up against the wall. Um, okay, Usyk Chisora. Nah, this is the one I've got least interest in. Chisora struggles against anyone that doesn't just stand in front of him and have a fight. <laughs> we love Chisora for that. We love to watch... Even those people he loses to. That's fair. Like, he's like the worst gatekeeper in the world because he just lets anyone through. (laughs) (laughs) He's 
like, right. Is that you, that security? But you before you go, beat me up first. There's that clip that always gets used about poor security. There's a guy who's like stood outside a football ground. He makes people spread their arms and then he just like taps a coat a little bit and then just goes off you go. Such as always gatekeeper approach. Um, I'm, I'm going to come in. I'm going to flip some tables over this press conference. Then you're going to beat me up, and then I'm going to. Then I'm nah, gonna he off. put up a good showing with White. I know, but he's still Twice. fucking lost, and that's that's what frustrates me with him. Like how I realize where's that, his value come from? Yeah, I get, I, I realize that it, as much as a sport, it's also entertainment. So people like that sort of fight style, and if he was, if if you had the Chisora Mark II where he was the opposite and he was a purely defensive boxer, I'm sure they would have lost interest in him years ago. The Huey ago. Fury model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's fair, yeah. Something like that. So I suppose it's entertainment value as much as anything because you know that Chisora's going to keep walking forward trying to bust Usyk up and Usyk's just going to presumably school him. But look at what Caballel did to Chisora. And granted that night... Chisora never had Don Charles with him and there were complications about getting to Monaco, blah, blah, blah. But Caballel, who's done nothing since, is worth noting as well, just toyed with Chisora that night. A southpaw, skilled boxer who moves around the ring. Now, Usyk is that multiplied. And so Usyk's going to pick him to pieces. Probably won't stop him. Probably go late. If he's going to stop him, it'll be probably 10, 11, 12. But, the fun in a Chisora fight is when you also that's like monster truck you know when they have the battles when two monster trucks come at him and they go <laughs> right, nose okay. to nose that's the fun of a Chisora fight when you get another monster truck come against him do you think Usyk isn't that Usyk's the skill do you think Chisora will be one of those boxers if he's not careful in a few years will be one of those guys that like suffers with being like from the injuries the like, CTE or Something like that, yeah, because, man, uh, yeah, he's taking yeah. some punishment. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to... It's horrible to talk about, uh, do you think he'll have it? No idea. Yeah, um, but is he putting but himself you were, at risk, perhaps? If you were going to draw a graph of which boxers have taken the most punishment over time yeah. and the most punishment equals more likely to, to suffer from CTE, yes, you would put Chisora, you know, fairly high up there. Think of the beating he took at Fury's hands a second time round yeah, when he was oh. pulled out on the stool. Yeah, I, and I, I can't actually remember the, the Hay fight too well, but... Ha- he was doing all right in that fight. Yeah. I, I, he got iced. Oh, that's right, yeah. But he, I just, he just looks to me like he's going on a lot and he just take he gets into these wars, doesn't he? And He's war chisora. Yeah. yeah. Um, White Povetkin. Oh, I'm assuming, by the way, just give me a... Um, if Joshua Pulev does go ahead, winner? Joshua. Uh, Usyk Chisora? Usyk. Uh, White Povetkin, so we're on to that. And... Right. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean... I'm just glad that White's fighting someone, right? Since that that might be better than Chisora, maybe. I... I I, I struggle to get enthused by it, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, Do you know I, what it feels like? Right. If you're a farmer, not a wild boar farmer, <laughs> for the record, <laughs> but if you had to load like loads of manure into a, a truck and then that truck is like a spreading machine, and it, you know, you load it in and then over a field... They do like, have them, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. they'll go... And like yeah. spit fire it out everywhere. 
It just feels like everyone who comes out of the Joshua fight, they get loaded into, they get loaded into that machine, and then they just get fired out for everyone else to fight, and it ends up <laughs> like somehow Parker. on a pay per view. Yeah, Parker's the same. And like. it somehow <laughs> ends up on a pay per view. They've been spat out the manure machine, f- spread across the field, and then we still end up with it on pay per view. Like, why are these? Like, why are we getting the washed up? has-beens of a Joshua fight. I don't mind the fight at all. The fight is perfectly fine. But why is it always pay-per-view? Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, I say the fight's perfectly fine. I've got no interest in Povetkin. He's just drawn with Michael Hunter in a fight that I think the vast majority of people would say that he lost. Why isn't Michael Hunter fighting Dillian White? That's a far more interesting fight. Povetkin's fucking old, isn't he? It's a bit like this fight is Ibrahimovic going to AC Milan. It's a bit of a, eh, a bit of fun, but no one really fucking cares. AC Woo. Milan are washed. Povetkin's washed. If White can't deal with him within six rounds, I don't really have any interest. Yeah, I think like the hard part for me is that I'm glad to see White. I'm glad to see White fighting. Full stop. But I can't believe that he cares about this fight. No, because all he cares about is getting his hands on a better a title opportunity. Does he? And. He could well, have done that if he fought Pulev in an eliminator or Ortiz in an eliminator or Joshua when he was offered the fight. At- I don't think that he wants to fight Joshua again. I don't think he believes he can beat Joshua. I bet he does with the money. I bet. I think he thought that he could beat Wilder. That's what I thought. I, I think he thought he could beat Wilder. I think he still thinks he can beat Wilder. I'd be interested. I mean, he'll hang on to... Actually, I've just sort of just had a double check thought. Will he fight Fury? If Fury holds on to that WBC belt, will he? We'll soon know what his actual ambitions are in the sport. If he's up to fight Fury and eliminate in a sorry in his mandatory, yeah. does he then pull out? If so, then all along, all he wanted to do was fight Wilder. You'd assume. I mean, otherwise, what was the point of kicking off about getting that mandatory position? Um, I just look. And I, I'm happy to be shattered down here, but for me, I don't see many compelling fights with White in it because I don't think he's good enough to fight to beat Joshua. I don't think he's good enough to beat Fury. I don't think he's good enough to beat Wilder. I don't. I, I think that actually the only fight that I would like to see him in, maybe after a couple, is Usyk. I think if Usyk beats White, then you sort of go, right, well, that's it. The, the only caveat I'll put on all of that is that similar to what we were just saying about Chisora, is that White's always in fun fights. I don't... This is the issue. I don't have a problem with White fights because I enjoy watching him. I don't think he's the best in the division. I wouldn't even say he's top three in the division. Do you know when you're watching like a lower league, Premier League team, they're like, like, oh, they play great football. I mean, they lose three times out of, you know, three times out of four, but they play some great football. If you scaled him down and you said he was a super middleweight or a middleweight... None of his fights would be on pay per view. It's only because he's a heavyweight yeah. that his fights on pay per view. That's the issue I think I have. Well, with if it. he was the only, I think he's riding on the coattails of the heavyweight division being so vogue at the moment. Yeah. If there was no Joshua, if there was no Fury or Wilder, would he be on pay per view anyway? Like, no, probably not. He'd probably he'd probably have to wait to go on the undercard of a. I don't know, Canelo fight or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Something like that to then be... Or maybe pay-per-view. headline a fight night show. You know, God forbid they put a decent one of them on. 
Yeah, so I just don't... There's no... I'm more interested in the Joyce Dubois fight than I am in... 100%. White, Povetkin, or... I mean, I want to see Usyk uh, fight for some people at heavyweight. I want to see... Because, actually, as a quick question for you. What would be the size difference, you think, between White and Usyk? How much do you think... Will Usyk be giving up a lot of weight to White? Yeah, Usyk's not a naturally large bloke. Yeah. White is... Yeah. And White can I mean, carry before, more weight as well. Know, that he's like a bloody fridge freezer. Uh, honestly, the man is... I was, <laughs> I was down at uh, Dunsville the other week. Dean White. I know he's not actually his brother, but they go by the name of brothers. Dean White is one of the biggest men I've ever seen. <coughs> That's why you can't catch it down your earphones. <laughs> I can catch it though. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit about you. Um, yeah, Dean White is one of the biggest men I've ever seen. But Dillian White is one of the other biggest men I've ever seen. He's just enormous, height and width-wise. Um, no, I wasn't sitting next to him in the toilet before you get smutty what? about it. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't, but now you said that. It makes me think he <laughs> doth protest too much. <laughs> no, he's just he's a unit of a man. Um, and he's got that kind of frame and size about him that you'd imagine is scalable. So if you needed to get bigger for a Fury fight, he could put weight on and muscle right? and size. I know he had a lot of weight on the, um, whoever it was he fought, on the Joshua undercard in Saudi Arabia. Nope. Can't remember. But he was out of shape for that. It didn't look good at all. I'd imagine he can put that same kind of size on, but in muscle. I don't think Usyk necessarily can. So I think he would, you know, if they were to fight, I think he'd go in considerably the bigger man. Um... Let's just say Povetkin beats White. Then what? Well, because that kind of really fucks White up, does it not? You could end up out of this. I don't think the WBC mandatory status is on the line. As in, no, that's a lie. If White lost, then he would have to do some work to get back to that mandatory status because you can't fight off of a loss for a world title. I don't know if the WBC would strip his mandatory and give it to Povetkin. But you could end up in a situation out of this where Chisora beat Usyk and gets his mandatory position. You could end up with Povetkin beating White and getting his mandatory position. You've oh, already no. got Charles Martin going <laughs> oh, down yeah. the... I saw this. Shout out to the Prince. <laughs> so he knocked out Gerald Washington, was it? On the Wilder yeah. Fury undercard. Um so he's in like a one of the WBA's forty-five mandatory positions for their various belts. Isn't he? I, who's IBF then? I thought that was him. I thought that was IBF Pulev. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, Charles Martin is. So you could end up with mandatories of Pulev, Charles Martin, <laughs> and Chisora. Chisora. <laughs> Everyone wants to see another Fury Chisora fight. Uh, there's no, no, no these are all for Joshua. That wouldn't be it, would it? Bollocks, yeah. Lunacy. And then Povetkin Fury, which no one wants to see either. <sighs> so that is an outcome out of this, as potential. But... Right, so that's why. Now we've answered why coronavirus has come along. To stop Liverpool winning the league and to stop all this shit happening with boxing. <laughs> Sorry, Liverpool fans. Um, it better not wipe out football. We're top of our Vets League. Top of our Vets League. I mean, let's... Do not fucking... They'll freeze everything. Like, if they... I guarantee, with the Premier League, they'd just freeze it. Give Liverpool a tile, say, 
I think you have to have played over 75% of the Is games. Is that true? I saw some shit. I d- yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. um, I also heard that there is, in the rules, there is literally nothing to, like, oh, what shit, what do we do? Like, there, there is there is no, and if uh, a pandemic comes along... And wipes it's like it, I was saying to you the other day about when Everton came fourth, but Liverpool won the European Cup. Like, yeah. No one knew what to do. Yeah, yeah. And so poor old Everton missed out on a Champions League place. It kind of feels a bit like that. But you know, people are scrabbling through the, the FA rule book to go, oh, but it says here 75% of games think, must be played. I think they changed that. I think they we got five entrants that year. I thought Everton then had to start from like oh, qualifying qualifi- And then they, they lost out. It. Yeah, like to Valladolid <laughs> or something. Um, anyway. Yeah, the yellow submarines, weren't it? Yeah, something like that. Um, it, was, it was definitely a team in yellow, and I think it was Valdelid. It might no, be. It wasn't Valdelid, it was. Um, ah, bollocks, it's going to annoy me now. Um, Joyce Dubois. Yeah, honorary mention. Really, really, really good card stacking up for it as well. Not going to happen, so whatever. <laughs> that really wasn't honorary mention. It would be a good fight, though, and, and but as, we have talked about this before. I kind of. Like, how old's Joyce, man? He's older than most... most I don't know. He's he's in the at-risk category. <laughs> so, like, I almost feel like sometimes, like, it's only because he's... Like, okay, here's a question. Why is it taking him so long to get to this stage of his career? Because he's an amateur until, like, late. So, yeah, but why was he an amateur for that long? Because the Olympic cycles. He wanted to go to the Olympics. Joshua was at the Olympics before him. So he never got the opportunity then. So he had to wait until... Joshua had cleared out the Olympic setup. Um, Joshua came. Joshua came out of the Olympic setup in two thousand and thirteen, right? Or two thousand after two thousand twelve. Was London twenty twelve? Yeah. yeah. So, then, so then he would have gone to twenty sixteen. Oh, that's when he came. Villarreal. Out. That's a team in yeah. Villarreal. Um, yeah, it just it just feels odd because it just he's. I mean, he's older than Joshua as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's older than like my dad. You just wake up one day and go, fancy boxing, 24 or something. It just... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. He's got an arts degree, Joe Joyce. See? That's what he was wasting his time doing. Um, right. I'm going to try and decipher these hieroglyphics. Fury Wilders... Oh, that's... Presum- oh, Fury, Fury oh, Wilders in, uh, It's a bit of a small hall round Um Canelo and Saunders as well. Oh, yeah, Canelo Saunders. Well, that just again, is it going to happen? And I had a bit of a talk about that while you were sorting out the TV. So. Why are you clicking the mouse? You're playing games or something? Uh, no, I'm trying to print off a script for Roped Off. Oh, yeah. Little uh, preview. Preview for everyone. Um, Everyone's like, everyone listening is like, oh, for fuck's sake, why are you even bothering? Nobody cares. <laughs> well, we don't care that you don't care, yeah? <laughs> for those that do want to stick around, we love you. For those that don't, Michael tells you, is it? He tells every week he don't like it. Is it him? Uh, I don't know, actually. I've got I someone know. telling me this week. And I was like, well, I mean, good for you. Good good that you can own it. Yeah. You can own hating something that much to tell me twice. Yeah. As I say, self-isolate. Don't listen to it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Isolate your eardrums. Absolutely fine. Um, yeah, small hall stuff. A little bit of a roundup for you of stuff that I'm aware of. Shout out Dean Richardson. Retained his southern area last night down at York Hall. Um, Ian Martell won southern area cruiserweight. Big shout out Nathan Heaney. I don't know the guy. Never seen him box. But it's the guy I sent you over, Andy. The one that came out to Delilah. Oh, yeah. Up in Stoke. Stoke fan. Um, mm. On a Black Country boxing show. 
for those that haven't seen it, it's phenomenal. Apparently, he sold 800 tickets himself that night. 800 wow. tickets himself. You see him come out to Delilah, which is linked to Stoke City as a football club. Um, and the place was just rocking for him. Like, brilliant. It was an IBO Continental fight, I think. But brilliant. Like, he's done that from the ground up. He's grafted his way to getting that following. Um, so, brilliant. Well done, Nathan Heaney. Won the fight. Last week, down at Dunstable for K Prosper. Um he was defending his English title. It's on a high-rise promotion show. So high-rise promotions are based out of Luton slash Dunstable. It's only their second show, I think. They managed to get an English title fight on it uh, and give K Prosper basically home fight in Dunstable. Um, it was only a small card, about five fights. Show went on for about five hours. So sort that out, please. I know you get the bar takings, but I don't want to be there for that long to see five fights. It's painful. Um, John Harden Jr. looked good. He was on there. Um, but yeah, no, it's nice to see another promotional outfit getting involved. You know, it's only the second show, so they'll be evolving as they go along, I'm sure. Um, next weekend, say Linus Yadofi, a friend of the show, hopefully defending his English title. Probably not going to happen if we're all honest about it. Um, probably means I'm going to end up going to watch Andy's band, which makes if that me happen- sad. No, it doesn't. It makes fills you with delight. I hope if they cancel the boxing, they cancel your band as well. Well, I think they probably will do, to be fair. Because no. we're the warm-up act. <laughs> Are you the warm-up act? No, we're the after-party, sorry. Everyone goes to there and then comes to us for a massive, raucous party. All four of them. The four old men at the bar. So yeah, that's it really. Just a few little mentions for, for things that have happened, things that are happening, things that are going down. If the show at York Hall goes ahead next weekend, get yourself down there because there's nothing else on sporting wise. Yeah. Um It'll be a sold out event. Yeah, like ten times over. Just yeah, if you need your fix, if it goes ahead, get down there, man. Cause I said that however long we're gonna be without sport, it's gonna get quite painful. It's gonna get quite dry. It's um Oh, None really of us is. are looking forward to that. Oh, right. really? The sport Thank- is the great distraction that we've just lost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Thankfully, boxing's warmed us up for this by having an absolutely tragic last 12 months or so, uh, especially in the UK. They've warmed us up for the coronavirus by Hearn <laughs> and Warren and all the others giving us nothing anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you just forget about the coronavirus, it could be the same as normal. You could, If you just, just imagine yourself letting fights marinate... Yeah. <laughs> then it's just the same as normal. Just wait for those fights to be... Just wait for those, like, knee-jerk fights of those cards to be... When they're finally if the ban and you've got Billy Joe Saunders versus TBC, if you just imagine those cards now, you can let them marinate until they come up and then be really excited about them. But the great thing is, like, when we're allowed to put sporting events on again, then they're all going to have to have three-month camps. It's not like they're going to end it and go, right, sport's allowed as of next weekend, and then we're going to see... I'm ready. Yeah. I've been living my life at the absolute... Uh, uh, basically, week 12 of my camp <laughs> for the last four yeah. months. It's not going to happen, is it? They're all going to go, right, now we'll start planning events again. Because you can't logistically... You can't book a stadium out hoping that you're going to be allowed to do something. So it's all going to be a mess. I say, as much as we're going to have however long without sports, we're only going to then get announcements. We're not going to get actual fights. 
Sorry, Andy, I feel like I'm distracting you while you're doing your stuff on the computer. Uh, um, <clears throat> thank you, because you were. <laughs> Do we have anything else to talk about? Nah, we not really. Just, it's kind of a surprise pod. It was a surprise to us, really, wasn't it? Until about an hour and a half ago. But yeah, um, just it felt like it needed a sweep up session. We might do this once a month or something, <laughs> although not in a month's time, because yeah, there's not going to have been much going on, is there? Again, we've been warming people up for this. Yeah, at least we've roped off. Johnny is going to be fighting. Johnny's fighting. Johnny's fighting. Johnny's yeah. better than the coronavirus. He doesn't even have to worry about it because it just happens. Yeah. Maybe he can do one behind closed doors. He hasn't got ticket sales to worry about. Yeah, he could. He could do, but he will still sell them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and no booking fees refunded either. So uh, zero. Little spoiler for you. I don't think there's anything else we need to cover. Nah. So we're gonna then chuck roped off on the end of this. So keep listening, or not, if you think it's shit. <laughs> you want to stick it literally on the end? Yeah. Okay. Don't bother sticking two out. Okay. Right. Well, uh, so that is it from us this month, <laughs> whatever yeah. we say now. Um, thanks very much for listening. And here's roped off. Here's roped off. Thank you very much. I, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I feel really odd, sort of like in a minute I'm going to be Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Being a top 10 amateur heavyweight boxer, Johnny Flashlight gave up on his dreams of representing Team GB at the Olympics to pursue a professional career. Being unable to secure a contract with one of the big promoters, Johnny and his manager, Rick Ronman, have set out their five-year plan to be world heavyweight champion. This is Roped Off. This is a work of fiction, and similarities to persons living or deceased, organisations, places or events is purely coincidental. Teamwork makes a dream work, my friends. This is what it's all about. Fight one of three in the first step to the titles. It's good of you to decide to come along to this one. Family illnesses seem to evaporate when Johnny's local, don't they? You feeling all right, Bazza? Bit of a cough on you there. You're in that at-risk category, ain't you? Fucking old man. You've been taking too many of Johnny's hard-on pills. Anyway, you, you survived this coronavirus. Looking at you, I'm not so sure. Maybe you might not make it to the end of the week, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Fuck off, Ronman. Lad needs support, not you spouting your shit constantly. I know it's difficult. Comes naturally to your type. I'm this lad's main support, Baz. And today's when I prove it. It's a big one. Impress, and a three-fight deal that I struck for him could become something even bigger and even better. All on you, Johnny boy. How you feeling? Yeah, good, Rick. 
just want to get in there and do it now. You know, I've done 135 tickets this fight. That's the wow. most I've ever done. Tonight is my night. He's been on fire in the gym. He really has. He's gone through more sparring partners than our journeymen on a Steve Goodwin card. They keep going home halfway through sessions. I'm telling you now, he'll do the business tonight. This kid is special. Oh, he's special, right? He's got it all. The looks, the style, the, the flash. Tonight is a coming-of-age fight. First six-rounder, first one of your call, first time with all those fans. This is the big one. Who is it you fighting again? Phil Williams. Big Philly style all in it. Getting jiggy with it. Na, 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 na. Woo! No? All right. Look, only the best can do a job on Phil. If you make a statement against him, we'll make headlines. He'll be looking for a win, though. He needs one, I tell you. He can try all he wants. I'm icing the fucker tonight. Icing him. This doesn't go past four. Mate, excuse me, mate. Another black coffee here, pal. Get him a water, too. You need to be careful, lad. Make sure you're hydrated properly. Weighing in in just under an hour or so, I guess. You're on fight five. So we'll be straight into the changing rooms. Get you ready. What are you eating today? Uh, porridge breakfast, bit of toast, a couple of eggs... Then I had a bag of crisps and a Snickers before I left the house. Snickers? Snickers, you fat fuck. You're not Andy Ruiz. Get lunch down, you're here. Pass the menu over. Take a look and order something. Excuse me, mate. C can I order, please? Yeah, I'll have a uh, bacon double cheeseburger and loaded fries and extra... He'll have the steak. Well done with a baked potato. Cheers, pal. I knew I should have gone for lunch on my own. Rick, you got my fight shorts, yeah? Oh, yes. They are sorted. All sorted. No more of these sponsor issues. See what happens when I'm not around? See? Do you? Yeah, I've got these done. I'll send you the invoice after, all right? Have you got the ticket money to pay in, Johnny? Yeah, it's all in my bag. What was the deal again? Right, so it was sell 100 tickets minimum. What did you say you sold? 135? Yeah, 22 ringside, 2 VIP, 111 normal. Really? That many people like you? I'm, I'm surprised. Right, so that's 22 times 65. One thousand. Uh, uh, adult. Uh, had that one. Mate, can I borrow a napkin? Cheers. Yeah, add all them up. Uh, you owe me £786. Plus the shorts. We'll call it 850 I thought you should fight more often. I'd be really rich. Rick, I didn't ask how much money you were going to make. I asked what the deal was. Ah, yeah, right. Um... So I bartered him down. I said you'll pay the opponent and into the house. Total cost was 2,200. He's had your pants down there. Look, Barry, you'll get your cut, 630 quid. I get my, what, 850. We pay in 2,200, I think it was, did I say? Johnny walks away with 2,610. Minus whatever you're paying that uni nonce plunder lad that's doing your PR stuff. That is, if I dare say it, a career-high payday. Agreed? Yeah, you should. You yeah, should be. yeah, that's about right. We should all be happy with it. And as they say, a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. Dream it, believe it, become it, achieve it. Will you stop spouting your fucking nonsense? I need to hurry up with this food. Get down and fuck off over the road so I can get away from you. Hello, mate. No. No, I haven't got your ticket. I don't know who's got your ticket. You should have fucking sorted this before. 
I don't know. Give him a ring. Look, I've got to go. Bye. Johnny! Johnny! Over here! Oh, you alright, lad? Mate, can I get him through this bit? Only people with ringside wristbands can access that area. Can't you just... Oh, whatever, I'll come over there. Mate, I'm buzzing! I'm absolutely buzzing! I've done half a gram on the way here! Oh, with Gadget and the other lads! <sighs> I smashed a few pints on the road! And now, I get to see you fuck some bloke up! Oh, great Saturday! I can't feel half my face! Can you... Can you just stand no, still? No, no I can't! Fucking hell, you're in the right fucking state. Just make sure you don't get kicked out before kick my fight, me out. yeah? I'll take anyone in here. I need you lot to make a lot of noise. Oh, I'll make noise, I'll make um, noise. I'm on fight five. Just try not to stick a heroin needle in your arm by then, alright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's cool. That's, that's cool, that is, lad. Um, mate, uh, I feel like I could do six rounds myself right now. Ba, 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 ba. I look good, don't I? Oh, fuck, man, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, you said. Where are you sitting, anyway? Oh, I'm standing, mate. Running, in fact. Oh, I'm going to be all over the gaff. Pa, 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 pa. Oh, man, I cannot wait. Oh, for fuck's sake. Look, <laughs> it's the first fight's due on in a minute. I need to get to the changing room, get gloved up on that. Oh, yeah, bruv. Yeah, no problem at all. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm buzzing for this. Pa, 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 pa. Get him, mate. Go on, knock him out. Turn that shit off, will ya? Got in Lincoln Park. Some proper fight music. Get me in the mood. Out of the way, you. Fucking hell. I'm trying to get my head under control here. Good! Control the breathing. Don't let it control you. Keep it going. Ten. Nine, eight, seven. Oh, that'd be. Go on. Get some water on board. Right, you know what to do today, then, you lad. Phil William, dangerous but limited. Orthodox. You've got six rounds to take care of this. You've never done six rounds before. You've got to make sure you, you manage your gas tank. You know it better than anyone else. No need to rush anything. Don't let him get into a rhythm. Take his time in a way, yeah? Yes, boss. Just trying to get my tantra flowing. Your tent what? Don't worry about that. Concentrate on Phil Williams. Fucking tantra. What's wrong with you lot? Snowflakes. No wonder that virus is taking over. Here, pads. Same. Faster. Better rhythm. Get out of the way then, you pumped up midget. Come on, pads.
know your job, just get it done. No room for errors. Feel the trouble, William. He never used to be like that, Barry. What? My mate, Dave. He never used to be like that on gear. He was a good lad. Just falling in with the wrong lot. Yeah. Look, you need to concentrate on your fight, Johnny. You could deal with that later. He's a smart one out of us, you know. I'm always said he'd go far. He needs to get back on track, man. You need to get back on track? He's about to call your name any second now. Switch on to this fight. You're right, you're right. He's a good lad, Barry. I need to stick by him, support him. And his opponent, weighing in at 247 pounds, the fighting pride of Battersea, he could strike a drone on the dog's home, more power by the hour, he was born to take this city by storm, Johnny Lashy who the fuck writes my intros? Right, go on, lad, out you go. Come on, come on, let's do this. Johnny, 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 knock him out, the brick. I'm pushing me, I'm pushing, I'm killing the weight. Seconds out, round one. You can't keep me. You can't keep me healthy. That's my mate, that is. That's only holding it for a friend. One round. One round. That is unbelievable. I'm so happy for you. I don't think anyone stopped Phil Williams that quickly. You are a superstar, Johnny. Cheers, Rick. And cheers for getting me on these shows. I don't tell you enough, but I do appreciate everything you do for me. Oh, none of that soppy stuff now, lad. None of it, please. You get on with celebrating. That's a standout win tonight. Hey, barman. Barman, over here. Another two Carlins, please. What are you boys having? Oh, uh, Carlin as well, please, mate. Make it three, then, will you, please, barman? Uh, listen, now... That's the, uh, the sixth rounder out of the way. We're going to go on to that ten rounder next, and then we'll get someone with a decent-looking record, I think, for that. After that, I've spoken with someone from the board. They said the southern area is so weak right now, they're desperate for anyone to fight for that title. Great news, eh? Well, I don't want to be given the belt, Rick. I want to win a belt. Win, given, it really doesn't matter, Johnny. Do you think Scott Quigg sent an auto-reply when he got emailed a world title? Of course not. He printed it and wore that round the house for a week. This Southern Area title isn't important to you. It's just a stepping stone. It's just, it's a route to bigger things. Your ceiling is... Who knows where your ceiling is? Based on tonight, it could be anything. World titles, unifications, a lot. You could go on to do anything, Johnny. But it's important you get that feeling of a first belt. That's why I'm here, though. To make sure you get those right steps in place. That's Southern Area, that's your... It's your charity shield. It's your World Club Cup. It's meaningless. Nobody wants to lose the charity shield, but it's not your career goal to win it, is it, Johnny? You've got world titles in you, I'm sure of it, I'm convinced about it. That stoppage tonight, one round against Phil Williams, shows me you're special. Thanks, Rick. I do want it. I want all of it. I want charity shields or whatever, world titles, the lot. Just get me on the fights, Rick, and I'll do the rest. 
That's the attitude, lad. That's the attitude. Barry, over here, pal. All right, lads. Look, I've got a shoot in a minute. I've got this stunning brunette coming over at 11. Said she might bring a friend. Do you know what I mean? What are you winking at me for? Anyway, fuck off, Barry. There's no brunette coming over. Don't you get Larry, lad. Just because you've got out, got that big win tonight. Don't think you're Billy Big Bollocks. You wouldn't know a fit brunette if she came and rubbed her twat in your face. All right, all right. Enough about your blow-up dolls, Barry. What about your lad tonight, eh? He did what I told him to do. He did what we practised in the gym. He did what I've been teaching him. First round stoppage. I am delighted with that. Is that it? Look, my job, Rick, isn't to blow smoke up his ass. My job is to get him ready to win titles. You concentrate on the bollocks, I'll do the work, and I'll still get paid less. Here, let me get you a drink. What are you having? No, nothing. I need my old man to be firing later. That brunette ain't gonna fuck herself, is she? Well, she might. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I guess so. Please don't look at me and wink, Barry, when you're talking about sex. It's really disgusting. Listen, I'm off. Johnny, you need to be fresh. Take a few days off, then I'll see you back in the gym, all right? Got your boss. Cheers for tonight. Love you, Baz. Oh, fuck off. Only one person who's getting love tonight. Maybe two if she brings her mate. See you in a few days, boys. Stop winking!